sounds ominous. Ominous? Ominous. What she said, it sounds ominous. <laughs> <laughs> See, it would, now you've it, got your daughter correcting it, it would be ominous if I knew how to talk. See, your daughter has learned well from her mother. Correct Yes, him. Don't, don't pick that up. <laughs> don't pick that up. Hi, everybody. If you've just stumbled across the broadcast, this is the Genesis Gathering. Uh, this is Nina, and I'm Jeff. We're the lead pastors here at Genesis Gathering. And it's good to have you with us. Thanks for being here. Those of you that are in the sanctuary, great to have you with us. Thanks to all the media team and our vocalists. And yeah, we're missing Jeff, though. Jeff, Peter, we miss you. We miss you, Jeff. We know you're watching. <laughs> and uh, God bless you and heal you quickly. And um, So anyway, during this part of our service, we pose a question and we invite you to engage with us. You can do that by speaking your answers over the microphone. Nina will bring you the microphone. Or you can text them to 720-878. 3323, for those of you watching by live stream right now, get your phones out. When we pose the question here, we really encourage you to dialogue with us. There's not a right and wrong answer. We want to know how you feel. We want to know your experience and what you think about this question that we're about to put on the screen. Then text us, all right, 720-878-3323. We're monitoring uh, the cha uh, Facebook chat feed as well as our text feed right now, okay? So text us your answers. Here's the question for the morning. Is there anything you focus on when you pray? Is there anything you focus on when you pray? And do you ever feel unworthy in, in your time of prayer when you're approaching the subject of prayer? When you're approaching the subject of prayer. That sounded religious, didn't it? I don't know. When you're praying, do you feel unworthy? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. yeah. All right. Anybody here have some thoughts on those questions? Is there anything you focus on when you pray? Or if you want to answer the other question, do you ever feel unworthy? Of course, you can answer either or both. Either or both. Is there anything you focus on when you pray? Okay, I have one uh, text here. Um, it's kind of like that. Is that what you were thinking of when you wrote that question? Um, <laughs> aren't you supposed to touch certain fingers? Probably has to do with chakras or something. Is it like I've the, never learned how to do it. It's like the ring finger, I think, and your thumb, isn't it? You know more than I do. Well, I've just looked at pictures. What is it? <laughs> oh, look, look, look. What is oh, it? wait, wait. It's oh, it's, it's your index finger and your thumb? There's some people who know. Wow. Okay. Oh, that could be another question that we can yeah. ask. Is it Which fingers do you no, touch? No, that wasn't. I was going to ask a bigger question than that. Is, is do, when other, uh, other faith systems do their prayers work? Ooh, let's not go there. Oh, that is a good question. <laughs> So if you want to throw that into your answers, feel free, you know. So what about others that aren't Christians and when they pray? I mean, is Does God, God listening? Hear their Does God just not hear their prayer? I don't know. They may, pray may not to be our main God? focus this morning, yeah. I, don't, it's I presume. Not. It's not. All right. So the question is, is there anything you focus on when you pray? And Barb said Thanksgiving. Hmm. Giving thanks. Yes. Yes, I totally, I totally relate to that one. Uh, and let me just see if there's anything else here coming up there. All right. Anyone in here have something? I'll bring the mic. 
Anything that you focus on when you pray. Is it just one thing that people focus on when they pray? Well, in, in my experience, and especially since I have a very detailed administrative kind of mind, for me, I really have to shut it down because my mind flits. I, I mean, I start thinking about all the, I, my to-do list, all the, th the things, all the conversations, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so I just have to draw it in and I have to focus. So it, it might be that that's not everybody's experience. How many is that your experience? You really have to draw in and focus in order to not be distracted when you pray. That's certainly, certainly me. Okay, Jeff Peter is responding. I try to pray for the prayer requests that I know for other people. I kind of feel selfish praying for myself. Hmm. By the way, he says he misses us all also. Yeah, okay. Okay, we have somebody in the audience who's going to... Uh, when I pray, uh, one of the things I, I do is just focus on silence and listening. See, I'm not very good about that. Jeff's much better at that than me. <laughs> but that's what you're working on. <laughs> so I'm sorry, repeat the answer. The, the answer was is that he focuses on sil silence. Am I saying that correctly? And, and kind of being quiet while you pray and listening and listening. Mm. Really good. Anybody else? Come on, those of you out in the live stream audience, you've, you're always so good at participating. You're incredible. You send in such great answers. Anyone else? And I know you can't use the Broncos as an excuse because they played on Thursday. <laughs> and they lost. <laughs> I think when I'm praying, I was thinking about what Matt just said. I either get this immediate thought of an answer. That's been happening a lot lately, hmm. of an answer. If I'm asking for... A question okay or I just have some sort of faith and trust that the answer will come as needed after I've asked mm. that God's participating in life with me mm -hmm. and I'm participating in life with him and the answer will come as needed mm. I'm not real good though at staying silent and going okay I'll just be quiet here till I hear something I'm not good at that no don't you think Okay, I'm really stretching this now a little bit. Come over bit. here closer to me. Is this close enough? I'm cold. <laughs> Do you know what he did this That's morning? That's very selfish. I'm telling on you. So he comes in the kitchen. He's, he's in his office all morning. He gets up very early on Sunday mornings to finish preparing. He comes in the kitchen. We have a gas stove. He turns the fire on one of the burners and warms his hands above it. He has it low, warms his hands above it. He finished. He, he, I'm in the family room. Put, that's where I put my makeup on. And he leaves. He goes back to his office to study. So I, I get done. I go in the kitchen to close up a couple things, and the fire is still going. Oops. The scripture Our, says you're to stay burning for the <laughs> Lord. L let not your flame go out. I don't think that's what that meant. And, and now that, I forgot what I was going to say and, that was pertinent. And that he will provide an abundance of gas <laughs> for your flame. <laughs> We really go downhill, don't we? <laughs> I mean, it's either this, okay, or you got to give us answers, all right? So. <laughs> and I forgot what else I was going to say about hearing, listening, but anyway, because mm -hmm. I got distracted by your gas flame and being cold. 
All right, anybody else? Well, people may just want me to jump right into this new I think series so. that we're going to do, and that's right. okay, too. Well, let's do it. Do you want to do that? We'll, do, well, one, well, let's just be on that second part. Does anybody have a thought about feeling unworthy in regards to praying? Mm-hmm. Anybody have something on that that they want to add? You used to. Always. But are you yeah, saying you don't anymore? To. Do you know what changed? <laughs> Yeah, I always used to feel unworthy. I would most of my most of my prayers were apologies. Um, <laughs> Ooh, wow! Uh, and yeah, just that I, I apology just felt, I felt like a failure, not good enough. And uh, and I think what changed is that I know that I'm accepted. So just as I am. Awesome, just That's as great. you are. I think there's a song, something like that. Uh-huh. Okay, anybody That's else? Awesome. All right, I think that's it. Okay. All right. Thanks, son. Well, this morning we are beginning a brand new series entitled Unprayer. Unprayer. Uncovering your relationship with God. And there's going to be six messages, as I presently know this, in this series. The first, this morning, I've entitled The Circle of Life. It's about formation. Next week, God willing, we'll discuss it's not about getting answers. Week number three, prayer is not a discipline. Week number four, you talk too much. (laughs) Week number five, freedom from religious forms. And number six, the secret of quiet. Yeah, so six messages in this series. Again, this morning we're going to talk about the circle of life. It's all about formation. Here's the goal of this series. To awaken your mind to your oneness with God's love and nature so prayer becomes a life-giving, transformational experience for you and for others. Let's put that up on the screen. Right here's the purpose of this whole series. To awaken your mind to your oneness with God's love and nature. So prayer becomes a life-giving, transformational experience for you and for others. You know, first of all, prayer is a relationship. It's not an obligation. It's not something I have to do. It's not, it doesn't involve, and shouldn't at least, involve the feelings of, of unworthiness or shame or anything like that because actually it's a relationship with the Creator. I spent many years fashioning my prayer after feeling dutiful or like I needed to be obedient and have a time of prayer. And if you've crafted a time of prayer and set a time of prayer aside, a time of Bible reading typically is combined with that, time of prayer, all of that, I think that's wonderful. I wouldn't, I wouldn't tell, you, tell you or instruct you not to do that. But in this series, I'm going to explain to you that prayer is not a discipline. And I'll even describe to you why I don't have a set time of prayer.
prayer isn't about getting, it's about becoming. Prayer is more about what's being formed inside of me than what I'm trying to get an answer for. I'm not, I'm not trying to get answers. I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to form me. Next, prayer is partnering with God to see his will on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. Through prayer, we get to partner with God to see his will come to pass on earth just like it's being done in heaven. Wow. You're God's partner when you pray. And so prayer is not getting from God. Prayer is getting God. Would everybody say that with me? Prayer is not getting from God. Prayer is getting God. Isn't that great? Now, if I were to say to you, circle of life, would your mind immediately go somewhere? I bet it would, wouldn't it? Like Disney, like the song, like this little TV spot that I'm going to show you right now. me want to get to the movie theater or turn on my, my, you know, my Comcast on demand, okay? I'm going to see that movie again. Love, love, love that movie. And in the lyrics of that very famous song that Elton John helped write, in fact, here's a little bit of story behind that. So it's his partner who wrote the words to it. It's my understanding. I believe I have that right. Uh, his last name is Rice. And he, he wrote the words to it and then presented, to, presented it to Elton uh, at about two o'clock in the afternoon. So they're on set, they've taken a different direction than they originally imagined they would go with this opening scene of the movie, and these lyrics are pre presented to Elton at about two o'clock in the afternoon. By 3.30, he has that entire song, Circle of Life, written and all of the words put to music. What a genius Elton is. What a gift from God. And in that lyric are these words. In the circle of life, it's the wheel of fortune. It's the leap of faith. It's the hand of hope or the band of hope. Till we find our place on the path unwinding in the circle, the circle of life. Life is a circle and you and I are on a path. It's a journey, it's not an event, it's not just a series of events. 
It's a divine circle. I'm going to t- talk to you, in fact, the majority of our time this morning, I'm going to be explaining what that circle is and how you and I have been brought into the true circle of life and how that it is finding your place in that circle that makes your prayer life life-giving and powerful where you get God, not focus on getting answers. Let me show you something. Watch this. Here's this black circle, right? Now, let's add to that a second. And now, let's add a third. And what if we titled each one of those circles like this? Okay, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, notice where they intersect. This, there's a Greek word for this. Now, religiously, it has been taught for millennia that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in a divine trinity. And the word trinity is actually not used in the Bible, but there is a Greek word that expresses this beautifully. Even better, in fact, than you've heard trinity preached. In fact, normally when we talk about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, He's presented in a triangle, like as if God is at the top, then we have the Son, the Holy Spirit, or it's presented in a line where again God is, and so it's this hierarchical structure. But it's the Greek word perichoresis that brings this out in such, a, such beauty because the Greek word perichoresis means circular dance. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in a circular dance. For what reason? Mutual submission. Mutual self-giving, mutual love. What the other one, what one does, the other does. What one feels, the other feels. When one sacrifices, he's sacrificing for the other, he or she. And so it's this coherence. Now, I had not heard of that specific word until I began to study more deeply perichoresis but I did look up the definition of it. Co-inherence. It means things that exist in essential relationship with another as innate components of the other. And so God exists to be in relationship with Christ. Christ exists to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit exists to be in relationship with the Father and the Son. And there's this beautiful divine dance. It's not a hierarchical structure. It's a circular dance of mutual self-giving, mutual love, mutual sharing with one another. Now, take that Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and where they intersect, and let me show you this drawing. See that red spot there? That's you. Yeah, that's you and me. Okay, thanks. That's you. That's you and me. We are in the divine dance. How do I know that? Well, 
we're going to take a look at quite a few scriptures right now, all right? We'll have them on the screen for you. This is more scripture than I might normally read in a Sunday morning, but I really need you to understand this idea of circular dance and mutual submission and mutual self-giving and this whole idea of perichoresis because it is the foundation of all we pray. You ready? First, Colossians chapter 1. I'll start reading in verse 15. In him, the image and likeness of God is made visible in human form in order that everyone may recognize that their true origin is in him. Your parents are not your origin. That's why regardless of what you experienced growing up, regardless of how broken your parents may have been, how broken your home in coming up and being brought up might have been, that does not define you because that is not your origin. You didn't come from your parents. You came from God. So it says here that in him, Jesus Christ, the image and likeness of God is made visible in what? Human form in order that everyone may recognize their true origin in him. He is the firstborn of every creature. Everything that is begins in him, whether in the heavenly realm or upon the earth, visible or invisible. He is the original blueprint of every order of justice, every level of authority, be it kingdoms or governments, principalities or jurisdictions. The original form of all things was found by him and created for him. Stop. I want you to think about this. If you knew that everything that exists has its origin in Christ, would it change how you pray for others? Would it change how you pray for the government? For your neighbor? For your other family members? If, if you knew that everything, everything in the universe has its origin in God. Now, I didn't say that everything in the universe is living for God, obeying God, living to the best and highest standard that God's created and purposed for us, but we all have our origin out of the same, all right? Now, verse 17, still in Colossians chapter one. He is the initiator of all things. Therefore, everything finds its relevance and its true pattern only in him. He initiated the reconciliation of all things to himself. He initiated the reconciliation of all things to himself. Through the blood of the cross, God restored the original harmony. His reign of peace now extends to every visible thing upon the earth as well as those invisible things which are in the heavenly realm. What if, choose, choose the area that you're concerned about where you recognize that God's peace does not operate. And as you start praying about it, instead of praying the problem, start praying the answer. Instead of praying what you can see with your eyes, 
Start seeing what you see. Start praying what you see with your spirit. I speak peace. Father, thank you for peace in that relationship. Father, thank you for peace in their minds. Thank you right now that you're embracing them with peace. I was driving down the highway the other day and I, I, I came up on an accident that had just happened. A car was overturned and over in the median and another car was alongside the road and it was all smashed up and there were people out of their cars looking on. There were people uh, hurt and over laying in the grass. There, there, there was a stretcher, somebody on it and, and, a, and a, apparently it looked like a body bag. I mean it was a very serious thing and immediately my thoughts didn't didn't go to well goodness now this is going to take me you know 20 minutes to navigate this is going to make me late that's not where my thoughts went my thoughts begin to go to the family members to the individuals who were in the wreck and either loss of life or were rushed to the hospital uh, I begin to think about the damage to the vehicles and insurance costs and again family members and their embrace and how that and I always think this when I see trouble like this especially out on the highway immediately my mind begins to think you know when they woke up this morning they didn't wake up thinking that they were going to be alongside the road in the middle of emergency vehicles being carried off on a stretcher to the hospital they never would have imagined. And so I just begin to, Father, bring peace. Embrace them in your arms. Love them. Help them financially now with the increase of finances, Lord. Cover their insurance, Lord. Uh, may there be understanding and wisdom as they have to ferret out all these. Bring quick healing to those who are in the hospital and struggling I pray, I pray out of a place. I pray out of a new place that I never learned about when I used to study and read about prayer because this was never in anybody's book. This that I'm showing you about perichoresis and the center of life, the circle of life and how it forms us, I never learned about that. And so, I used to actually think judgmental thoughts. Not only, boy, what kind of time is this gonna cost me, but I wonder what they did to deserve this. I wonder what kind of sin was in their life. Gee, how terrible. If they were really walking with God, this wouldn't have happened. Isn't that disgusting? Isn't that shameful? Especially if you are a person of faith, isn't that shameful that we, our thoughts would go towards that God is a wrathful God, God's a judging God, and, and, and that, they, that somebody deserved this, and so they just are getting their just due. Verse 21 of chapter one of Colossians, here, here you go. Your indifferent mindset alienated you from God into a lifestyle of annoyances, hardships, and labors. Yet, he has now fully reconciled and restored you to your original design. May I say something to you this morning? 
If in your prayer life you have trouble praying because you always feel unworthy, let me tell you something. God has restored you to your original design. You are not unworthy. In fact, you are worthy because he is worthy and you are in him and he is in you. He's brought you into the circular divine dance of perichoresis. And the thing that separates us from God is not his holiness. You are not separate from God because he's a holy God and he can't be in your presence when you're living opposite of the way you should be or living in, quote, sin. God never leaves. God never forsakes. We're told that the separation we experience is in our mind and that it's because of the way we think. It's a mindset that we are taught that God is over here and I am over here. Until I get my life right with God, I can't be close to God. You know what that is? It's dualism. It entered the earth through the fall of man. Dualism, where God is over here and man is over here. Where was it first presented? Can anybody think back to the garden? God comes walking through the cool of the day. There's a judgment issued to Adam and to Eve. And then he, quote, banishes them from the garden and his presence. So now man is over here and God is up here. And for centuries and millennia, man struggles to get right with God so that we can experience his peace. Well... It's not within the scope of this series for me to comment on Genesis and all that went on in the garden. I can tell you that that is not the correct interpretation of the story that man then for millennia was put out of the garden by God and separated. That is a mindset that came through the serpent when he lied to Eve. He continued then lying and presenting and that's how it unfolded. But I can tell you this that even if all of that were true, Jesus nullifies it on the cross. Jesus destroys the separation and does completely away with it. And in Christ, we are brought right into the center. Put it up, Lewis, real quick, put it up. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And now my prayer life, bring the next one. My prayer life comes out of this. You're looking at it. That's where I pray from. Right in the middle of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There's no alienation. That's only in your mind that's been set that way by bad teaching, by religion, preaching, by poor interpretations of the scripture and the like. Let's move now to Colossians chapter two, verse nine. In him, all the fullness of deity resides in a human body. He proves that human life is tailor-made for God. We are complete in him. Say it, I am complete in him. Everybody, come on, out in the live stream right now, say it. I am complete in him. Jesus mirrors our wholeness and endorses our true identity. He is I am in us. All right? 
You're not outside of the Trinity. You've been brought right into the middle of the intersection of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A mutual self-giving, a mutual love, a mutual self-sacrifice, laying down their lives for each other. Right? Here's Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. See if this rings a bell with the, the argument of your mind when you go to prayer. Verse 1. See yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Watch this. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Now ponder, ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. When Jesus died, you died. But when Jesus rose again, you rose. When Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, you ascended with him. And what we can say about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in that divine dance, you are right in the middle of it. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts. Toss out every feeling, every thought of inadequacy, of unworthiness, of shame that might come to you when you pray. Here's 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. I can pray this because his divine power has bestowed on us everything necessary for life and godliness through the rich knowledge of the one who called us by his own glory and excellence. Watch this, verse 4. Through these things he has bestowed on us his precious and most magnificent promises. Get this so that by means of what was promised, you may become partakers of the divine nature. You have the divine nature of God in you. You have become one with Christ, one with God, and you now are possessors of his divine nature. When you pray, it's as if Jesus is praying. Mm. Can we show them this next symbol of perichoresis, please? This multicolored perichoresis leaf. I believe we have that. Look at that. See, see you in the center there? You're that, you're that white intersection of perichoresis. And the next one, please. The divine dance. See, I don't know how to dance. <laughs> Follow me, cameraman. <laughs> uh, my daughter, when she was little, I'd take her. I've done this with my dog, too. Because my daughter's grown now, I can't do it. I mean, I, I don't think I could lift my feet. But I'd have my daughter stand on my feet, and then I'd lift my feet and hold her hands, and we'd dance. 
the joy of that. So I have to do it with my dog now. The divine, it doesn't matter if you don't know how to dance. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit do. They'll just carry you. They'll put you on their feet. And you can go, I'm not sure how to pray. That's because you think you have to pray in a certain way. And you have to say it in a certain way. And you've listened to others pray and you say, oh, I don't have that kind of oratory. I'm not good with my words like that. Exactly. Knock it off. Stop it. Stop being religious. Stop listening to the way others pray and comparing yourself and thinking that that's the way that you have to pray. Oh, this series is going to help somebody. This series is going to help somebody. Stop thinking you have to pray at a certain time of the day, in a certain way, with certain words, and that, how about climb up on his feet? How about we all climb up on his feet and And just be who we are, redeemed, brought back into the center. And oh, by the way, since he's the one that gave the gift of tongues, he knows how to interpret what you say. Even when you're stumbling and bumbling and not sure of your words and you feel like, oh, I'm so ineffective when I pray, God has the gift of interpretation. The beautiful thing about perichoresis and this series. Did we find that slide, that opening slide of the mission statement of this series? Do we have it? Is it possible to put it up? And I'm, and I, I, I may be reaching here and, and maybe it's my bad I didn't include it in the series, but it begins with uh, to awaken your mind. Did I not get it in there? If I didn't, I, I want to read it, okay? And, of course, that it's not in there, but I, maybe I didn't include it in. Here's the purpose of to awaken your mind. I want through this series to awaken your mind to your oneness with God's love and nature. So prayer becomes a life-giving and transformational experience for you and for others. That's what's going to happen during this series. In this, here's, here's what he's doing. God wants to deliver us from this dualistic thought and dualistic paradigm and dualistic way of thinking. What do I mean? Well, God's over there, I'm here. I have my church experiences and friendships, and I have my worldly job that I have to go to and contend with and deal with, and those experiences. I have when I'm good, feeling good, and I'm healthy. And over here, dualistically, I have when I'm sick and not healthy. Really? Now, how's that possible? 
If he's the author of everything, everything initiated through him, we read that, then how is there my sick self and my well self? <laughs> how is there, how's your day going? Oh man, I'm having a lousy day. How's your day going? Oh man, it's going great. Really? Are those two different things? Are those dualistic? Do you have a bad day and a good day? How about your hair? Are you having a good hair day today? Somebody told me recently, <laughs> you must be having a bad hair day. I went in the bathroom, I checked it. I, you know, I mean, it was a little blown and I had it spiked with whatever it is I use. And uh, yeah, it looked a little different than I normally fix it. But you know what? I thought about that comment for days. I, I had a bad hair day. I've never been, I'm not sure I've been told that ever in my life. And somebody that I basically admire, not anymore, and that I basically respect, not anymore, told me I, I'm having a bad hair day. Do you know, Proverbs talks about how that those kind of things go down inside of you like a morsel of food. And they rot and they give you an upset stomach, and then pretty soon it's all you can think about is what somebody else said about you. Or what some book said is the case about your Christian life. Or what the medical science is saying about your physical challenges and whether or not you're going to get healed. And I submit to you, that your prayer life regarding all of this will categorically change and be revolutionized once you understand and accept that you have been placed by his initiation into perichoresis. You're part of the divine dance. And so I stop praying out of my mind alone. I stop praying out of the things I've heard and I start reinforcing with my words what I'm hearing in the divine dance. Yeah. So I had to go get with Jesus and take his hand and grab the fathers on this side and say, all right, let's dance a little, a little while, fellas. <clears throat> The Holy Spirit is the feminine. Let, let's dance for a little while here. Guys, I, somebody told me I, have a, I, had a, I, have, I must be having a bad hair day. I'm not gonna let that go down inside of me. I'm still beautiful. I'm still lovely. I still walk in peace. I'm not gonna judge them. I'm not going to not talk to them the next time. You get these thoughts. Well, I'm just gonna, I'm not gonna talk to them. You know, and you go around them, you know. <laughs> it's crazy what your mind will do to you when that negative hits. But our minds are filled with that kind of negativity about things as simple as a bad hair day to that you are sick, you are carrying disease. In fact, it might be cancer and you're going to die an early death. What do you do with that? 
where you climb into perichoresis. You climb back up into that divine dance. You never left it, truth is. But in your mindset, you've got to take captive your thoughts and climb back into that position and stop accepting a dualistic way of living and realize that you are never outside of God's will if truth be known. You are never separated from God if truth be known. So we've got to bury this dualistic message that plagues religious tradition and teaching and thought. We need to accept that the triune God, the human race, and the cosmos are not separated, but they are bound together. Listen to what Baxter Kruger says here about perichoresis, and I quote, Could anything be more astonishing than such humble stooping by the Father's eternal Son? What could be more amazing than the creator of the universe, the one in and through and by and for whom all things were created and are constantly sustained, entering into his own creation and becoming human with us? What could be more amazing than the Christ becoming human? He knows exactly what kind of day I'm having. He knows exactly what thoughts I'm wrestling with. And he invites me into perichoresis to deal with them all. And so, I submit to you, everything about prayer begins with an awareness of the Christ incarnation and our oneness with Jesus. I want everybody to read that aloud, those of you in the sanctuary, those of you by live stream. Ready, read. Everything about prayer begins with an awareness of the Christ incarnation and our oneness with Jesus. So many of the songs that we've sung and the sermons that we've preached, they couch the subject of prayer in desperation crying out for help, the proverbial God, if you will rescue me, I promise I will. Have you ever told God that? Unfortunately, this turns prayer into a religious practice used by believer and unbelievers alike for only a time of need. That is not relationship, dear ones. That's religion. God, help us to come into perichoresis, the relationship of perichoresis, so that we can be formed. And if your prayers go down in number and down in verbiage to very short, small, simple prayers with a lot fewer words, hallelujah. If they're coming from the place of perichoresis, they will be much more powerful. They will be much more soothing and comforting. Because your words then will be bringing heaven to your earth and you will be reinforcing what has always been true that in Christ you are one with God. I don't have bad days. (sighs) So it's a new awareness. The beauty of the fall season has been upon us here. When I go and I walk my little my little guys, my little Sophie, and my little Theo. I have so enjoyed this fall. 
Now, I'm in my 60s, and I can't ever remember in all of my life enjoying the season of fall like I have this one. I've noticed how brilliant and bright the colors are. I've loved the weather. Just recently, I've had to put on a light jacket because normally I sat just out in my shorts. So the leaves are turning, the weather's perfect, the, the dogs are happy, and I'm walking, and I'm just aware. There's a richness to it. There's a depth. There's a, it's a, I, can, I can smell it in the air. It's fall. And I got to thinking, is this the first year fall has been this beautiful? Is this the first year that fall weather has felt like this on my skin? Is this the first year that fall colors have been this rich, this brilliant? Or is Jeff coming into a new mindset where Jeff is coming into the place of perichoresis, the intersection of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and I'm not worrying as much. I think I'm a little nicer to my wife. I'm enjoying fall more. (laughs) My words are sweeter. I'm having fun at bingo. Not playing, serving. And my prayers are different. They are shorter. Ooh, but I sense they're a lot more powerful. And I found prayers moved from being a discipline and an obligation to being completely life-giving and holistic and filled with joy. One more scripture and we'll close. The Gospel of John, chapter 17. Look with me, verse 21. We'll have it for you here. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. What's the main reason that the world around us doesn't believe? Because we're not acting like believers. We live this dualistic life outside in terms of our mindset, outside of perichoresis. And Jesus says, look, Father, I'm one with you. You're one with me. They're one with us. Verse 22, I've given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Jeff, are you saying we're God's? Well, we're little gods. We're not divine in the sense that God is divine, but look at it. I have given them the glory you gave me. Jesus has given you the same glory that God gave him. And then then he says this, that they may be one as we are one. There is no difference between your perichoresis dance with Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit, than God's with Jesus. Or Jesus is with the Holy Spirit. It is the same oneness. You're together. A mutual loving and self-giving and self-sacrificing. Verse 23. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to 
complete unity. The power of prayer is exercised from a place of completeness, a revelation that you are enough, that you are complete, that you are in God, he's in you. And prayers don't have to be very long or very verbose. They just need to be filled with God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bringing heaven on earth. As we close our service, I want to give those, all of you watching by live stream now, in just a moment, Nina's coming. We're going to share a couple of prayer requests, and then we're going to pray. I have a song, especially for our time of prayer. And here in the sanctuary, we're just going to get up. We're going to worship with a song. We're going to walk around and pray whatever the Holy Spirit's giving us.
Give me my heart, Lord. 